0: Paranormal Underground Radio. Join us each week as we delve into some of life's most complex questions. It's time to explore the unexplained with your hosts, Karen Frazier and Rick Hale.
1: It is Thursday night, and if you can hear our voices, you're exactly where you need to be. She is Karen Frazier, and he is Chuck Gotsky. I am Raquel. This is Paranormal Underground Radio at HazyRadio.com. Welcome. So, um, are we on the air then, Cheryl? Yes. Y- yes. Okay, great. Okay. why you
0: should start
2: talking now. Okay.
1: Just want to make sure. So,
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> guys, good evening. How are you? I'm fine. Oh, How are good.
2: you? I- I'm looking forward to an evening of bromance.
1: Yes. Yes, Chuck. A, and romantic,
2: I are- a romantic evening.
1: If, yes. If
3: we're Chuck- gonna do the bromance, we're gonna need the music. The I'm gonna music. be
2: a fifth wheel in I got the whole romance
1: thing. We need the uh, we need the a chick a
3: Yeah. We need <laughs> some of that. Come on, what's going
1: on? <laughs> so guys, what is new? Uh, well uh, go ahead, Chuck
2: Karen. has something new.
1: <clears throat> yes, Chuck. I do. Yes. Okay. Oh,
3: okay. okay. well, I have a new radio show that's gonna be following you guys. Um, oh, my nice? God,
2: that's a tough act to follow. Yeah, it
3: really I is. I know. Well, I figure this way, you know, no matter what I do, it'll be fine. You know, I'm just a little guy anyway, so. But, yeah, <laughs> it's uh, In the Dark Radio. It's going to be on starting January 2nd on Hazy Network from 10 to 11 p.m. Central Time.
2: Nice. That's very exciting. And what will what will In the Dark
4: entail?
3: Well, yeah, let's see. It will entail such things as uh, we'll talk about team investigations. As far as into dark investigations goes, probably the first Thursday of every month. Other nice. than that, the next three shows will pretty much be open to anything from the Jersey Devil, Bigfoot, Black-eyed Kids, whatever we can find. It'll sound black-eyed interesting. Black-eyed kids are freaky. Yeah, we'll keep you know we'll keep everyone awake for an hour and uh, just you know talk about whatever I can find that sounds interesting.
2: That's right. Yeah. So, if you have enjoyed listening to Paranormal Underground and thought, "My God, I wish there was three hours on Thursday nights that I could spend listening to the radio," this is your opportunity. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you so much, Miss Fraser. You know what? It's, you know what, Karen? Especially if he has us on. Yeah, uh-huh. right after Paranormal Underground. Oh, that. Oh gross. my
2: God! Yeah, because that's what people want to hear: is two <laughs> hours of us followed by an hour of us. <laughs>
3: I'll just have Rick on That sounds like a
2: dream. I'll
3: have Rick on we'll, we'll do our bromance
1: for an hour. The dream oh, time?
2: that would be so romantic.
1: Mm-hmm. Bow, bow. So, yeah, Karen?
2: Sure. Yes. Oh, I
1: was just going to say, Karen, anything mm-hmm. new with you?
2: Yeah. Um, My kid has a new car. He got a car for Christmas.
1: Nice. Uh, what yeah. uh, what what kind of wheels are we talking about here? I mean, you already yeah. told us, but he's, you know, got you little,
2: he's got a we bought him a just last night we bought him a little sexy red convertible it's okay. a two thousand two Chrysler Sebring. okay yes
1: yeah those are those are nice those are those are safe cars, relatively safe i mean it's a
2: nice little safe, you know, and he drives like a little old lady, so it's all good. <laughs> yeah.
4: I'm sure yeah, he, he, he appreciates
2: drove, me saying that on the radio.
3: Yeah, he said he drove by like grandma, but if he has like a convertible top, he's gonna have to move a little faster so he can get the wind blowing in his hair. You know I mean? <laughs>
1: right, right. <laughs> wearing the white sunglasses and Bugs listening to uh, Frank Sinatra yeah. or something like with that,
2: a, with a scarf around his. Oh, his. <laughs> he, he does. He does listen to Frank Sinatra. He's um he's a real jazz kid. He digs jazz yeah. and he loves the Rat Pack and you know so he he listens we listen to a lot of um when he's in my car we listen to a lot of things like rat pack stuff sinatra mm-hmm. and vocal awesome. jazz and
1: very so good. yeah it's good music yeah i mean you know i'm like i'm 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 into you know miles davis and john coltrane and those are my two favorite jazz musicians and uh you know i mean i was just listening to generique uh the this morning on the way home from work and it's like I could only imagine sitting in a smoky bar somewhere in the city, listening to Miles Davis on stage. That must have been an experience.
3: Uh, excuse well, me, excuse yeah. me. It would, it would be in the bar with the smoking, the mouse, and your buddy Chuck sitting with you. Because you
1: would be romantic, Chuck.
2: romantically. Track, I don't Track. know. I don't know. So when when you have a romance like this and you give uh-huh. each other gifts, yes. Mm-hmm. What kind of what kind of romantic gifts would you give each other?
3: Well, I don't know if we talk about that on the air. I mean, six pack of beer, man.
1: <laughs> six pack of your favorite six, beer, yes. Yeah, m-
2: so romantic. Now I do realize that we are missing part of the romance because um, Stephen.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Steve, yeah.
2: yeah. Right so it's There's- a
1: threesome. There's
2: a little, there's a little group of you that when he came out from England, um, the three of you on Facebook were a little sickeningly romantic. Uh, Cheryl and I actually laughed at you quite a lot behind your
3: backs <laughs> that week. <laughs> Thanks a lot, ladies. It was fun. Figured as much. Figured as much. <laughs> like the girls never sit around chit chat and go Ooh, and go pother their noses and stuff. Come on, just get the guys do it, you know? <laughs> you know.
1: What at least we don't go to the bathroom together. Yeah, and hold hands.
2: Cheryl and I have never gone to the bathroom together, have we, Cheryl? Never.
0: Never?
1: never. No. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so- Well, Chuck, I guess we'll have to uh, explore that. Maybe no, we're gonna have to explore the bathrooms. Yep, don't cross the streams, guys. Don't cross the streams. (laughs) You'll destroy yourself. Oh, you guys, I have to. I have to
2: pop off the air for a minute. My dog just ran past me, and she's got a pack of probiotics in her mouth.
1: Oh my god! Okay, I'll be right back. Okay, there's a visual. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, so this weekend, um, Nancy, uh, the uh, psychic medium nancy laporta and i we did an investigation in a private home and came back with a lot of great um evidence lots of EVPs, lots of really cool uh personal experiences and it it was documented and it'll be part of the documentary the ghost tapes too so it was my first time ever in front of a sh- in front of a camera you did fine you looked pretty smooth when i saw you yeah you know what and it's it, it, i, I talked to a lot of people you know um over in Europe, and they're like, oh, yeah, it was great. You came off like a real host. But it's like, I was, like I said, I was nervous about two things. I was nervous about, A, do I look fat, which is, you know, not normally <laughs> something dudes worry about. But mm-hmm. it's like, you know, I just want to make sure. And that and is B, like, you're
2: the chick in the bromance right yeah,
1: there. Yeah, there we go. Chuck's the dominant. Um, <laughs> and uh, am I hanging any boogers from my nose?
3: Those are the two things that I was worried about. Well, what was, like, I, I didn't hear, like, what was... Why would you call them? What was happening there? What was the deal?
1: Well, I uh, was contacted to do this through my, um, or rather, this investigation through my father-in-law. He works with this woman, and um, and it just so happens about the same time I was, I, you know, was checking out Luke Millett's very first in, um, documentary on YouTube called "The Ghost Tapes," and I really liked it, and I thought it was great, and you know, I thought you know he shows a lot of potential. And not not just as a filmmaker, but as an investigator, researcher as well. So I contacted him. I'm like, you know, he's he's a local guy. He's from Brookfield, Illinois, which is down by you, Chuck. And um, you know, I'm like, hey, you want to come along? And he's like, sure. But I had no idea that there was going to be a Ghost Tapes too. I had no idea that he was going to use this footage. Um, you know i i didn't i didn't realize it right away that he was going to you know he was going to use this footage for for the sequel so it's like he comes over and i have to sign paperwork and nancy has to sign paperwork and the homeowner has to sign paperwork and uh you know now on my facebook page is a 32 minute uh segment of what we of what we investigated and it's really great because we were in, we were able to you know document two really powerful pieces of evidence mm-hmm. um nancy while holding one of my emf detectors the, and talking about what was going on in the house the emf detector just starts going off i mean you can hear it you can see the lights flashing and it was documented on tape and i've had that happen with her before i don't know if it's like the spirits coming to her or if it's her psychic ability that is causing this to happen and two while in the bedroom we were able to document a 25 degree drop in temperature holy cow 25 degrees like 25 degrees was it like
3: slowly progression or was it just all like boom like that
1: it was it was going down in a progression but it would it would it went down a little bit at first and then it started going down and down and down no windows are open in the house it started out for like the first couple of minutes as being room temperature and the next thing you know it just shh it starts going down 25 degrees, but we never felt this cold. That's crazy. It is crazy. So I'm thinking it's like so, a psychic cold or something.
3: So wait, wait, wait. So you're saying you didn't feel it like physically, but you saw it happen. Is that we
1: did. We did feel a little bit of cold, but not like a, not like a radical 25 degree drop that that would cause you to see your yeah. breath and right, cause, exactly. you know, other physical sensations. Mm-hmm. But Luke did say that while we were doing this, he did feel a blast of cold air in his face. Wow. So, yeah, you know, I talked to Nancy about it, and I asked her, I'm like, you know, is it possible, this, this, the spirit that we were dealing with was a very, very angry female spirit. And I asked Nancy, I'm like, do you think that could be like, you know, the spirit slapping him in the face? And she's like, it could be. Hmm. So, yeah, it was a really, it was a really good experience, my first time in front of the camera. And, um, you know, it'll probably be the last time, but yeah, it was cool nonetheless. <laughs> Very um, good. That's cool. Yeah.
2: All right. So let's do this, guys. It's about time to go to break. Okay. So um, we are going to go to break, and when we come back, we are going to be talking to, oh, shoot, I don't have it up. Mark Williams, right, Cheryl? Yep.
5: Yes.
0: Yes. From the
2: Native American Paranormal Project. Is that right? Correct. Yes. Mm -hmm. All right. And so that promises to be very interesting, and guys, get this. Chuck actually prepared.
1: <laughs> I knew it was coming. Never, I knew it. It has <laughs> never happened in the three and a half year history of Paranormal Underground. God, Chuck, you are just so. A this badass.
2: might actually be a thoughtful and astute interview, and that's, that's kind of exciting.
3: The, oh my God! Now the pressure's all on me.
2: <laughs> I know, exciting and romantic. So, hey, you're getting excitement, you're getting romance, and you're getting thoughtful interviews all here on Paranormal Underground Radio. So stick around. We'll be right back. It's paranormal underground
0: radio on the hazy radio network hi this is cheryl knight editor for paranormal underground magazine
6: and i'm chad wilson paranormal underground magazine's publisher
7: every month paranormal underground magazine explores the unexplained by examining topics that range from haunted sites to ufology to cryptozoology we also spotlight investigators and researchers who continue to pave the way in a field that seeks to answer some of life's most complex questions
0: If you want to read about topics like psychic phenomena, demonology, conspiracy theories, crystals and herbology, and much, much more, visit ParanormalUnderground.net and start exploring the unexplained today. Visit us today at ParanormalUnderground.net and get a 12-month digital subscription for 15% off the cover price. Do you want to keep up with what's going on at Paranormal Underground?
7: Then tweet us on Twitter at ParanormalUG. ParanormalUG.
2: Or follow us on Facebook at Paranormal Underground. Meet us on MySpace, Paranormal Underground.
7: There's no need to be in the dark about what's going on at Paranormal Underground. Join us on your favorite social networking site today.
2: I'm here with my co-host of Paranormal Underground Radio, Rick Hale. Hi, everyone. We invite you to join Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazy Radio Network to explore the unexplained every Thursday night from 6 to 8 p.m. Pacific and other times in the flyover states.
1: Each week we talk with investigators in the field, researchers, authors, and experts about topics that include paranormal investigation, ufology, cryptozoology, and spirituality. So
2: please join us each Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern for Paranormal Talk with great guests right here on HazyRadioNetwork.com. This is Karen Fraser, writer and radio host with Paranormal Underground. Since I wrote my book, Avalanche of Spirits, The Ghosts of Wellington, in 2010, people have asked me what happened next. In my new book, Dancing with the Afterlife, A Paranormal Memoir, my Wellington story continues. Dancing with the Afterlife is more than the continuation of the Wellington story, however. It's also the story of a lifetime of afterlife research and paranormal encounters. What I've learned has changed my life, and it might change yours as well. To learn more about Dancing with the Afterlife or to read an excerpt from the book, visit dancingwiththeafterlife.com. Thank you.
5: This is Hazy, and you're listening to the Hazy Radio Network.
1: The views expressed and the opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Hazy Radio Network, its affiliates,
7: or sponsors. All shows are independently owned and broadcast for entertainment purposes only.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Paranormal Underground Radio at HazyRadio.com. We are your hosts, Karen and Rick, and joining us is a third person, Chuck Gotsky. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Uh, Joining us tonight is going to be Mark Williams of Native Boy Productions and the producer of the Native American Paranormal Project. And he is joined by two of his teammates, John and Albert. So thank you guys for uh, joining us tonight. Welcome to the Underground.
6: No problem. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Fantastic. Uh, can you hear us? It's okay? Because we are experiencing some technical difficulties tonight. Uh, we can hear you
7: fine.
1: Okay, great. So, Mark, let me just ask you this, and I always like to ask um, our guests, especially those who are involved in um, psychical research and investigation, what, what prompted your interest in, in, you know, hunting ghosts? Um, well,
7: just growing up, I've always kind of been intrigued by it. Uh, you know, I, I, as a kid, mm-hmm. uh, you would know, hear about a place being haunted and just, uh, one of the things that we would do with my friends and we'd go check it out. But, um, that was really about it. And so it wasn't until I became a filmmaker, uh, I was making other movies. I was making narrative films. But, um, uh, being a fan of those the shows that you see on cable TV, mm-hmm. uh, I just thought, um, it was about time for me to make my first documentary, and I wanted to make it uh, about a paranormal. Um, make it a paranormal documentary, and so it was. It was a combination of that, and also a um, an opportunity to uh, to put natives um, on the big screen. You know, telling native stories, and so that's where um, I decided to kind of go with the angle of having a native team go into native sites. Um, you know, that, that are known to be haunted. So. That's pretty much where it started, and from that point, it kind of turned into the series that you have
4: now.
1: Yeah, I, I have. I've seen um, a couple of the mini documentaries. Uh, yeah, the one on the haunted road and the hospital. And I thought those were, I thought they were very well done. I, I enjoyed them thoroughly. I watched them at work uh, last night, in fact. Um, but you, you've done more than just the mini documentaries. Um, I know that you are. F- i believe your first one was the uh, concho indian boarding school in uh concho oklahoma is that correct yes sir how did uh, how did that come about and, and and what exactly is the say i were to go there to do an investigation or just to do a walkthrough or anybody else what exactly would we experience there and what did you experience uh while making the documentary
7: <clears throat> well that one um it, it's a boarding school right next to the uh the tribal headquarters, and it's right next to some homes. So uh, the stories about Concho is is pretty well known, and so um, for us it was kind of an easy choice um, to for it to be our first documentary. So um, you can, it, it really wasn't difficult for us to get permission because other groups have been there before. In fact, I think there was a documentary uh, done about four or five years ago, um, and I believe it was on Sci-Fi Channel. Okay. So we wasn't the first group to get out there, but, uh, we, but we was the first native, all native group. Um when we got there, um, we, we, it was a little bit slow at the mm-hmm. beginning. I think it was, uh, it, it was also us not, uh, some of the team members just met for the first time that night and so we were still learning about each other, uh, learning about, um just paranormal investigating, what kind of questions to ask, that kind of stuff. So, but toward the, toward the end of the night, things started picking up, uh, people started getting grabbed, uh, hearing voices, uh, seeing, uh, capturing, uh, red eyes on video, um, things started getting thrown around. Um, it was, you know, I think it was probably like an hour within about three o'clock, four o'clock, when it was really, uh, active. Um, you guys want to talk a little bit about what, what y'all experienced there?
1: Yeah. yeah. John and Albert, please.
8: Okay. This is, yeah, this is Albert. Uh, yeah, like towards the end, that's whenever it started picking up, like whenever we went to the to the original school site, because yeah. all, all it is is just a, like a foundation, and like we went to uh, this little, this I don't know, you, you can call it little tunnel where the, the kids would actually get... Uh, transported from the train cars, and then they had to walk through these these little bitty tunnels, maybe like three feet tall and two feet wide, in order to go to the school. And okay. then uh, I I went inside that tunnel and I walked maybe about a hundred hundred feet in there, and then it like it felt like somebody was like trying to crawl towards me, and then I could hear like whispering and all that stuff. And plus, I mean, it just it just felt like. Very, very emotional, like real, real sad. And you could tell like a lot of, like, you know, you know how you feel whenever you walk into a place, you just feel like, it, like you just start feeling very, very emotional and like you start cheering up and stuff like that. I mean, that's exactly sure. how it felt. That's exactly how it felt whenever we walked in there. And plus, I don't know what was walking around us in the woods, but there was, I don't know, there was, it sounded, it sounded like, like footsteps. Like in multiple places, and then we I st- started looking around and and all that stuff but out there, I mean it was very, very, very heavy, especially uh especially on some of the whenever what Mark was talking about with the red eyes, like we didn't even get to put that on the documentary because that was some of the footage that wouldn't even uh wouldn't even let us put onto the computer and stuff like that but other but other than that, I mean we had a good, good time. And then that was that was like our our rookie documentary, you know, our first one, you know, getting out there and learning how to do it.
3: Sure. I have a question about the contra boarding school. There was a part I was watching it last night again. Um, with Mark, I uh, was holding the camera, and I guess a shadow moved in front of him, and you could hear it yes. hit the mic, and then you kind of had to put the camera down because your your arm, and it said that your arm went numb. Can you can you explain a little bit more about that incident? Like, was the shadow you, or was that the shadow that was going in front of you? Did you hit the mic? Did it hit the mic? How, how did that happen?
7: Well, the shadow that walked in, in front, I didn't see it till, you know, till we started putting the, the documentary together. I just remember it happening, and, um, uh, I, and now we went home, and I looked at it. Even when I looked at it again, I think it took about two or three views before I actually realized something walked in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in the corner. So nobody was behind me. Um, you you seen the shot. So everybody is you know way in front of me, um, and so yeah, the, the shadow went from uh, from my viewpoint from left to right, and then it pulled on my arm, and uh, and it 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 really felt like it, like it was a hand, I guess, on on my on my fore, forearm, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it was I wouldn't say it, it was kind of painful, but it's more the best way I can describe it is, you know, how when you, you fall asleep on your arm and the, that tingling feeling. Yeah. It was kind of like
3: that, but really, but more intense. And, yeah, because um, yeah, the shadow was really huge. No, that's okay. The shadow was really huge yeah. when I saw it go by. That's why I was so surprised. It went from left to right. And it, was, it wasn't like you could not see it. You could just see it huge, and then you could hear the bang off the mic, and then everything kind of – your camera right. went down. So that's I was curious about that.
7: that if, if I was looking, I, I remember when it happened um, – uh, I wasn't looking in the viewfinder. I had the camera up it was just pointing in the direction. And I remember looking, just looking from left to right over the whole room, just kind of surveying the whole room. So I wasn't looking in the viewfinder. Otherwise, I probably would have saw it. But, uh yeah, I, I had the camera just pointed at them, and I was looking, you know, just turning my head left and right, and that's when I felt uh, something jerk my arm. And um, and it never let go through the whole investigation until we was literally driving away. You could feel like it just something just kind of released release my arm and so um yeah, yeah that, that was a pretty weird experience
3: <laughs> yeah right. when you're watching from my end it was pretty weird yeah so yeah what this, is
6: this, no. this is john. I was you, this is john i was going to tell you about that that same building before um we entered the building uh there was the, the most of the group was walking in front of us and there was three about 20 feet behind you could hear a deep growl, and we're the only ones that heard it. The one in front didn't hear it, so we stopped in our tracks, and um, eventually they came. We told them what we heard, and after that, we went in, and that's where everything happened.
1: Okay, so what is the uh, what is the history of the Kachow boarding school? Was this was this used during I believe it was called the reassignment era, when they would take Native children away from their families and re-educate them? I believe. I believe that's what it was.
7: Right, right. It, it, it was during a time where um, this happened a lot, I mean, not just at that boarding school, but basically all across the country, right? in um, Canada as well, um, where kids were literally just taken from their homes. Uh, you know, the, they didn't know somebody somebody from the government would come to their house and um, really force the parents to sign sign the kids over to the government. And uh they would be taken to these schools, and um, basically, uh the the saying at that time was um, "kill the savage, save the man." Oh my and God! And so they, yeah, and so they would <laughs> try to Christianize basically the, the the native children. And if they were caught speaking their native tongue, they were punished. Um, a lot of at some boarding schools, it was worse than others. Uh, there were some where a lot of deaths occurred, um, through sickness somewhere. Uh, tuberculosis was big back then. So it it, it got a lot of kids, but the treatment was very bad. Um, and then there were always stories about kids being. uh, the punishment were more beatings. It's just punishment. They were beatings. And, uh, a lot of kids died there. Good God. And so it, it was a really sad time. And, um, the school now, uh, the original school, as Albert mentioned, is just the foundation. I think about 10, 15 years after it was put up, uh, before 1990, uh, it was. Uh, they had some more buildings constructed, and they're still used today. The tribe, tribe uses them for their tribal headquarters. Um, okay. Well, not all of them, but most of them are still being used today. And so tribal employees see things, they hear things, they see kids, and that there's um, stories of um, of a groundskeeper that still roams there, and so there's um, that's how we knew that's what, how we knew about the story, how we knew about Concho, uh, its sad history and the paranormal side of it as well.
1: Right. Well, I would imagine with that kind of history that there would be something, some kind of energy that is left behind. And do you did you guys feel that it was um, was easier for yourselves being native uh, than for you know Say like you know a Polish American and an Irish American like Chuck and I to go in there. <laughs> Do you feel that it's easier for you to gain access and get great evidence, say, opposed to you know us?
7: Um, I, I think so. I mean, you know, nothing, nothing against you guys or anything. But no, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> that was kind of that was kind of our angle. That's what we were kind of looking for was to we felt like there could be a connection there. Um, in some instances where they might be um, too scared to talk to a uh, a non native. Uh, because at that time, you know, they were scared of the white teachers and um the instructors and so um we thought, you know in a in case of the boarding school, we felt with a native team coming in there, they may be more open to uh coming out and talking. Um, there was that connection and also just us being native. You know, there's. It's a different level for us to go to a site like that. You know, to where we know, like some of our people, some of our ancestors could have went there. You know, sure. and so it, it's a. Uh, it's it's kind of a personal story for us as well, a personal connection as well.
1: Of course. Yeah. And, and how did all that work out in the end with uh, with taking the children? Did the government finally say to, the, to themselves, it's like, wow, this is really a bad thing." <clears throat>
4: As, as
7: the years went on, it didn't happen as much. I mean, at the turn of the century, it happened a lot. Uh, that's where most of the the, the, uh, the deaths occurred, the murders. And then um, after, you know, uh, the American, the Native Americans became citizens uh, around 1910, that's when uh, BIA started coming, uh, coming more control of these schools. Um, there was more regulations then. They were able to monitor uh, a lot of these schools then. So you didn't see it as often. Uh, around the 30s and the 40s. It happened probably, but not as much. Um, and some schools just ended up just closing, like Pike Concho. And uh, our second documentary, We Lock, it closed in 1955. A lot of it was just due to funding. But um, uh, you know, after a while, it just kind of stopped. I mean, whenever um, the, the BIA started kind of monitoring them and um, having more of a control over it, it just stopped after a while.
4: Right.
1: Now, when you guys do your investigations, do you use any yeah, uh, traditional Native rituals uh, to, you know, maybe bring the spirits out a little bit more?
8: Well, we don't really like, I wouldn't necessarily say like to bring them out because, I mean, you know, if they're, if they're there and they want to communicate, then they'll talk to us. But, but what we really do is just uh, we smoke ourselves down with cedar or sage. And that's just, that's just to protect ourselves, um, just so that nothing like any bad or evil will not attach to us and follow us from that place. Because, I mean, we also, uh, my wife taught me this or taught the whole group, you know, like whenever we're leaving the site, you know, you, you think, you know, you think the, the entities or whatever's around you, you, uh, you just thank them for the time, and you know, uh, thank you for talking to us, communicating. But then you also tell them, you know, uh, you you can't go with me; you have to stay here. And you know, we just make that connection with them. And then every, I mean, every every one of these sites that we go to, nothing bad has really happened to me personally, mm-hmm. but there has been uh, with not not necessarily bad, but just things that have been happening to some of the people in the group but uh me personally i mean i'm i'm the one uh that uh that was smoking everybody down with uh with the cedar and with the the hawk hos the, the fan and uh but that's just more like uh just protection really than again uh bringing them out Sure. but you know but i mean just like in the in the old days you know they would do that. And then so they might make a connection, and, and that would probably want to make them come out even more and talk to us, you know. Right. So, I mean, that's just one thing that my mom and my dad have taught me and my grandma. And, uh, and it's just, a, you know, it's just a cultural thing of how we grew up. And we, just like, to respect, we just like to respect every site that we go to like that.
1: Right. Um, if I could just ask a quick question, did somebody just whistle a minute ago?
8: Thing is, it tape. Yeah, it's, we're on my cell phone,
7: and so oh. when I get a text message or like a notification or something, it'll it'll come chime in. so...
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, cause, <laughs> no, no, don't be sorry. No, we ask us because there's, there's been a couple times in the past where we have had. Um, Weird stuff happen when when we're on the radio like i have a I have a spirit here in my basement, his name's Paul, and he likes messing with me every now and then when I'm on the air, so I just wanted to make sure that it wasn't like something that we just captured that was you know really really cool
7: It could be we are in my home, and uh there's a, a boy that a uh, named Cody that's here, and uh he's just a playful little guy, so he'll you know
8: he might show up you know you never know
4: <laughs> yeah.
3: So
7: let's
8: oh.
1: Chuck. You want to ask something?
3: Yeah, I had I, I had a question since we're in, we're talking about spirits and such. All right, I was doing some history on uh, is it is it Choctaw? Is that how you say it? Choctaw? Am I saying oh. that correct? Yeah.
7: Oh, Choctaw.
3: Okay, cool. Um, all right, so don't don't kill me when I mess up these these, these words because I'm probably gonna mess them up. But um, I I look in the, the history of you guys and there's what they consider an outside shadow and an inside shadow to every man. Okay. I don't know if they, I don't know if I say, say this correctly, but shimbale, shim, shilobish and shilup. So in other words, the inside is the ghost or the spirit of the soul. The outside is the shadow. So, if you're trying to put this in perspective, and I'm trying to understand because I'm an investigator myself, um, I mean, I just look at it as from you have a soul inside, your spirit or whatever, and then when it releases, um, hauntings can occur because of, or one one of the ways of it it occurring is because of this. Now, since it's broken down with with both, how does that work? I mean, if, if the person's ghost or soul moves on, like it says, and then the shadow stays on the earth and wanders kind of restlessly um, trying to frighten people away from wherever it lived or whatever. What do you consider that? I mean, how does that work?
7: Um, we got, I'm sorry, we got like half that question. Something just, um, your, sorry, I said
8: blew into the Something yeah. like I like took a deep breath and yeah. said, like that on the,
3: on the, Oh, wow. Okay. That wasn't me either. All right. So basically yeah, never, what, what yeah. I was, what I was talking about was there's a, there's an outside shadow and an inside shadow or ghost. That's, uh, yeah. what the, the belief is, your belief is. So if the ghost is the, the inside part, you know, like sort of like a soul is to how I look at things when I investigate. And when it leaves the body, as far as when, like I say again, I investigate or others investigate, uh, it's the, it's how, what haunts a place. So since uh, on your end the ghost leaves and goes to the land of where it's supposed to move on to and the shadow stays behind on the earth kind of wandering around and, and frightening and keeping people from wherever it used to live to kind of keep its space. What do you consider that? I mean, how do you consider a haunting and how do you look at that? Does that make sense? Um, well, let me ask
7: you, where did you get that, uh, that, information.
3: Well, I was I'm not,
7: on I'm, I'm, I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm not too familiar with that. Uh, the word you're trying to find the you trying to say I think was uh, Shalumba, I think.
3: Yes, thank you. Uh, thank you. Shulumbish, yes.
7: Correct. As far as the outside and inside um I'm not familiar with this, with that.
3: Okay. All right, yeah, I was just curious because I, had, I I I'd had been doing some reading on uh your heritage and 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 stuff like, you know, um little people, what they call um throwers. Yeah, stuff like that. So I I run across this too, and I thought that was kind of interesting because it was like if if the inside is the spirit of the soul or the ghost, and it moves on, but the outside is the shadow, uh, and then what what haunts a place? You know what I mean? I mean, right, so then I guess in essence, what do you, you look at as what's haunting the place? Is it is it the soul, or the spirit? Is that is that how you look at it? Um, and that's in that instance,
7: I would say it would, it would be a spirit. Okay, uh, not so much a soul, but a spirit, right? But um. Yeah, you you mentioned little people too. And um now when you were looking this up, was it just Choctaw heritage? Was it Yes, right? Yeah, uh,
3: Choctaw Heritage and like, you know, a, a lot of the information about uh, your heritage, I, I, I like to be prepared as they were teasing me earlier.
7: But right. yeah <laughs> Yeah. Well with um it, with this group too, is it's made up of different different uh different tribes and uh um I'm I'm at, I'm Oklahoma Choctaw, Mississippi Choctaw. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have, uh, you guys want to tell what tribe you're from? And
6: this is John. Uh, I'm a Seminole, Kyle, Comanche, and Caddo. This is Albert, and uh, I'm Kyle and Creek.
7: And every tribe kind of has their own stories, and there are some stories that are universal. Uh, you mentioned little people. That is kind of universal with all tribes. Uh, but then within each tribe, too, they have their own stories and beliefs as well.
3: Hmm. Okay. Yeah, that, yeah, that that just threw me off a little because I wasn't sure how you know when you when you go into a haunted area, what do you consider as haunting the place? You know what I mean? So,
6: so I think uh, a lot of the haunting is that uh, is how uh, what happened. You know the history behind what happened at the that particular site. I think that's that what creates the haunting. Is the uh, I guess the the atmosphere around there was you know just a bad. Bad, bad place you know and I think that it just torments they, they're not able to move on so it torment, torments them that they can't leave so that I think that's what a haunting is to me
1: yeah exactly now you guys uh, have you ever come across anything that is um, I'm very reluctant to use the word demon because I don't really believe in that but um, have, have you guys ever come across anything that you would you know say is inhuman and if so how do you how do you how do you get rid of something like that?
8: Mm-hmm. You talk about... Uh, I'm going to talk about... Yeah, talk there's about, a... About what? Talk documentaries or Oh, uh, no. About... Well, about a personal experience. Of, about with... Uh, in... Unhuman. Evil. Whatever you want to call it. Demon. Uh, I, I really think that... It's really the person... Or the people that you are around... Whether whether it be their their lives negative or anything like that, I I feel like that. Like going back to the to the inner to the inner spirit, the outer ghost. Um, I think it, I think it just all has to deal with uh, in how you, in how you lived your life, and if you were a, a good person, then you believed in Jesus Christ, then you get to go to heaven. But if you did wrong and don't believe in Jesus Christ, then you get to stay here on this earth, which is in the Bible, hell on earth. And so, uh, I mean, like I said, with the past experience, there's this bridge over here on the south side of Oklahoma City, and I've taken a couple of people out there, and uh, there's this girl, she went to Crooked Oak High School, and she was driving driving home drunk, and there was a curve in the road, and she overcorrected and she smashed into a tree and she decapitated herself. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah, and there, there, there's a, there's a, there's a spirit out there. And then I, I went out there a couple of times and took Mark and a couple of people. And, uh, but I mean, there's also an evil spirit out there because I, I took a couple of people out there and I never did get anything on my phone until I played it back and it sounded like a real, Real evil demon type growl. I mean, you you can hear it loud as day, and then like you hear me talking, and then the other people talking, and then you just hear it overcome the whole the whole recording. And then that's happened to me twice. But as far as getting as far as getting rid of it, uh, tell you the truth, the uh the only thing that I know how to get rid of it is if is if you just go on ahead and. And, uh, well, for natives, we, uh, we smoke our house out. We take whatever is evil inside of our house and we make sure that we don't bring it back in. Like, let's say it's, uh, alcohol or, you know, uh, drugs or whatever. We get rid of that and then Mm -hmm. we start living our lives a different way. You know, it's, it's all in a perspective of how you want to, of how you want to live and how you want to conduct your life. But, I mean as for me personally I mean that's that's what I think it is.
1: Okay. Now you mentioned um you know with uh, with Jesus Christ. So are are you are you guys Christians? Uh yes sir I am. Okay. How yeah, do you how, how do sorry. you guys hello? Yes. yes. Oh sorry about that. I I was interrupting you. I I blinked out there for a second.
7: Well, to answer your question, this is Mark. Um, yeah, um, I'm, I'm a Christian. My, my dad is actually a pastor, so I grew up in church and um, grew up in a Christian home and everything, so
1: yeah. Okay. Now, how do you – because I, I grew up in a very, very Christian home. But my beliefs are a little bit more Eastern at, at this time. But I grew up in a Christian home, and I it was always told to me that it's like when you die, it is is it is appointed unto men once to die and then the judgment from what I understand from the Bible. So how do you guys, you know, with, with your beliefs in the Christian religion and your beliefs in paranormal investigation, um, how do you reconcile the two?
6: This, to me, this is gone. Um, to me, it's just like, you know, I mean, like it says, after you die, you're, you're, it's your spirit that's left, you know. And uh, like Albert said, you know, I mean, the way you live determines what happens to your spirit, you know, like uh I guess if you know, if you like me, I'm I've studied a lot of theology, you know, and I have studied enough to believe that, you know, that in the existence and and if you, you know you go that route and you know and but oh I got off track but anyway, that's what I think that, you know, I mean like Albert okay. said, the way you live, you know, you do good, you live right, and you know you And if you do do wrong, you know you get. It's the consequences of how
1: you live. Right, and I, I think that's pretty much you know something that's accepted across the board. Um, and it's because after you die, there is no changing in your personality. Uh, on Saturday, for example, I, I had an investigation in a private home, and uh, we dealt with a very very angry. Um, female spirit and she told our medium that I'm not changing for anybody and I'm not going anywhere and that was that Mm -hmm. so do you guys now do do you deal with that often on a daily basis do you do private homes or do you just do facilities and do you come across anything that's like a human spirit that is just like I am not going to listen to you I'm not going to do as you ask me do you come across that often
7: um, we haven't done any homes yet. Um we, that's something that we, will talk about doing sometime in the future, doing like a, 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 as far as documentary, doing like a, like a home edition. We'll pick, you know, four or five, six homes and we'll do basically many documentaries of each home and it'll, it'll, uh, make up one DVD. Um mm-hmm. that's something we'll probably do down the road. Uh, so, so far we've done just facilities, boy in schools. Um well, our third, Documented was Gristle Mansion. That was the home, I guess you could say, but it was, um, a lot of people lived there. Um, as far as coming across the personality, something like that, uh, I think in our second feature at Wheelock, uh, we came across, um, who we believe is Reverend Wright. He was the founder of Wheelock Academy and not, not a really good man. Uh, he, he installed a lot of those, uh, teachings and, ways of um, uh, the beatings and tortures of, of these chalkboard girls. And um, there was a time where uh, we uh, Albert was in the, the gym area, and he heard uh, something walking up the stairs, and he said, Reverend Wright, is that you? And we captured one of the more clear EVPs we've ever captured, and uh, it says, you don't belong. And it's so clear, it's so almost to me it almost sounds demonic, as, as dark as it sounded and as mad as he was. And um, the whole time we was at Wheelock, I don't know if it was him or if it was just um, the teacher or instructors there, but talking about their personalities, I think you could kind of feel that throughout the whole night. To me, it was a it was a dark, heavy place.
4: Right.
7: Um, didn't really feel safe. Um Albert got pushed um in the punishment room. Um so I think in that sense, yeah, personalities I think were there and I think it, it kind of you know took over the whole site. I mean it, it's a huge uh location. There's all these different uh dorms and classrooms, but I think it it really uh covered the whole area.
1: Okay. Yeah, let's let, let let's talk about, you know, gear. Um a, uh, I'm, I'm not really a gear guy Chuck is yes, so I am. chuck is chuck is the um i'm the theorist Chuck is the balls to the wall like e m f and all this kind of kind of stuff kind of guy but um what kind of gear do you guys use in your investigations uh,
7: we're still you know're we're, we're trying to get to y'all's level but we're not there yet we have uh just um handheld cameras, um uh I have a Canon T three I we have digital recorders. Um some of the team members use uh phone cameras. So mm-hmm. we're you know we're in the process where we want we're we're trying to raise some funds so we can get better equipment, but um that's very about it. Just things that you would probably find in, in the home, just you know, handheld mini D and stuff like that.
1: Right. Yeah, I I remember back in when I when I started investigating back in the early nineties, it was uh it was me. A pen and a pad of paper and, of course, my brain. And it's amazing how all this has come across. And uh, um, it's, it's, it's amazing how it's like nowadays it really makes you feel like you have to have thousands of dollars worth of equipment and you just really don't need all that. Well, you don't have not- to have it, but it's nice. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying.
8: <laughs> yeah, those thermal, yeah, thermal imagers would be real, Aren't real nice.
3: Oh cool. uh, <laughs>
4: yeah. Yes, very,
6: very cool. We got a lot of good stuff though with phone cameras and regular cameras. I mean, our I mean, if you watch any more of our newer documentaries, I mean, you'd be amazed, at especially uh, Yeah. I mean, it's just crazy. I mean. No, I, I would
5: amazing. like this.
3: Yeah, I would li- I would like to see some like EMF meters and K2s you guys using that stuff just to see what you get in the same locations that you're at doing what you're doing now, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a you know I I I use I use an old phone of mine um as a um uh for a, a digital voice recorder and I tell you what, it's these these camera phones and all of these, you know, like digital voice recorders on phones they work really, really well. They're um, they're just as sensitive as you know yeah. a, a digital voice recorder or a camera. Yeah,
7: yeah, some of the yeah some of the stuff you see in, in our our newer uh, documentaries, Bristol, Mountain, Fort Washita. Some of that stuff was just captured with uh, camera phones. Yeah. The main documentary we did with Fort Washita, John captured who we believe is Aunt Jane crying. That was just a camera phone.
4: Mm-hmm.
7: Um, so yeah, we it it. it um, I think with the with the way technology the devices they have on now it's amazing stuff you can capture
1: with right, so you know what I you know guys we're coming up to the uh, top of the hour, so what we 're going to do is, is we're going to take a break, and when we come back uh, we want to you, you, you guys can stay around for another segment right yeah
5: yeah yeah
1: all right fantastic we've been having a fascinating conversation with the uh, members of the Native American paranormal project and uh when we come back they'll be joining us for another segment uh this is rick chuck and karen and uh, you're listening to paranormal underground radio at HazyRadio.com.
6: while cutting with a 12 inch dual
3: compound miter saw while holding a newborn baby in your arms when face to face with a congregation of alligators with the ball in your hands and the entire freaking season on the line there
7: are a million places you'd never consider texting, by parents,
3: so why would you do it while driving?
6: On what
7: NASCAR
5: driver Casey Kane here, asking, asking you her to, to please stop the text, and together we can stop funeral. the wrecks.
3: Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Get the message at stoptextstopwrecks.org.
5: This is Hazy and you're listening to the Hazy
1: Radio Network. Are we back on? Uh, Everybody, welcome back to Paranormal Underground Radio at HazyRadio.com. We are your hosts. uh, Well, your regular hosts, Karen and Rick, and joining us tonight is uh, Chuck Godsky. He's in training right now for his own show that he's going to have directly (laughs) on after us. Uh, For the last 45 minutes or so, we've been having a fascinating conversation with Mark, John, and Albert from the Native American Paranormal Project. And, uh, you know, thank you so much, guys, for sticking around for another segment. No problem. So, I know that, Karen, you had a question, and I'm sorry that we didn't get that in at the first hour.
2: I can't even remember what it was, and it's, it's not a big deal, actually. Um, I'm actually having a lot of trouble hearing for some reason, so I don't know if it's my headset or my connection. My internet was wonky here today. So, you guys are doing a lovely job from what I can hear, and so I'm sitting and enjoying.
1: Okay. <laughs> Chuck you you had a really interesting question um about the release of the DVDs and I wanted if 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 you could ask that question I have I have a backup question to that
3: I mean to, to ask again when we're going to like I, I asked them when they're going to bring out like Wheelock Academy, uh, I think it's called Grisso Mansion, uh, especially the the, the Wheelock, because I was really interested in that, because I know that's been uh, an extremely haunted area. So I was trying to find out, you know, when are we going to get to see these things on DVD, because I, I got the, the, the Concho boarding school, and I, I'm wearing it out, so I just want to see some more of the stuff that they're doing, and uh, that was my question I had uh, asked them when we were on break.
1: Right. So but and my question to that was, is, is that you said that you had to have the permission uh, from, the, uh, from the from the from from the Choctaw, and right. i did I did bring up that you know native natives seem to be very tight-lipped uh, with a lot of legends, and is that is that the case with this here?
7: With Welock: Yes. Um, I think with Welock it was more about because the Choctaw Nation still owns it. Um, it was it was really a Choctaw Nation school um, mm-hmm. most choctaw nation Choctaw girls went there, and so I think the the reason behind that one was they it's um it 's a big part of, the, of Choctaw history, and they were trying to for the longest time trying to convey that it was a really good place um, it was uh very beneficial to the Choctaw people um they knew about some of the stories that have, been, that have been passed down from generation to generation, but they were trying to dispel that. And so um, I think a couple of years ago, they put out their own documentary about Wheelock Academy, and they tried to spin it to where it was all positive and everybody had a great time there. Yeah. And we come calling. I think they were cautious that we were going to talk about all the bad things and we were just going to bash, um, you know, what happened there. And um, which, is, which isn't what we do. That's not our purpose. Our purpose is to go in there just uh, to document and talk about its history, good and bad. And so when you watch the documentary to Wheelock Academy, it shows that. We, you know, we, we try to be fair to each location. Uh, we had a, a former student interviewed, and she talked about the good times that she had there, and that made it into the documentary. So, um, And me being chalked on myself, you know, I was conscious about that and um, trying to show both sides of it. But, you know, being a paranormal documentary, we've we got to, of course, talk about the bad things that happened, why why these girls died there, how they, how they died. And so I think with Wheelock, it was more about perception. Doctoral Nation didn't want Wheelock Academy um, to be known as this horrible place that, you know, they allowed this to happen. And so I think it was more about that than... Um, more than anything else
1: oh. yeah, I, I, get, I, get,
4: I, get.
7: I guess they were afraid that another group, you know, like I said, ghost signers uh, can't call in, ghost adventures called in, and they couldn't get past the phone call, and so I think they were just really um, worried that if another group came in that they wouldn't um, respect the history, and they would just show one side of it, which was the bad side, and bad things that happened that we locked. A lot of bad things happened. I guess they were just afraid that another group would come in there and not respect that and just talk really, really bad about it. And a lot of the alumni still alive. Um, A lot of good things did happen there. A lot of alumni will tell you they had a great time out there. And it was. There were some good things that happened. You know, it was as they did get an education. They were able to um, enrich their lives from this education they got. But at the same time, a lot of bad things did happen as well, so. Um, the documentary we did um, showed both sides of it so.
1: so it was a very fair and balanced approach you got past the propaganda to you know to 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 show the good and the bad
7: right right and that's um you know that that's how, what we did with Gristle Mansion and Fort and Fort Washington we talked about its history and uh um it, it's really cool I think for the, the fans and Uh, the audience that comes to our screenings, they like our documentaries because it's educational as well. They learn about the the history of their people that maybe they didn't know about. And so um, we're able to go in and do the research and show that side of it as well. The first 20 minutes of it is just history, you know, Mm -hmm. what happened there. And then the last, you know, part of the documentary is the paranormal footage. But um, Mm -hmm. it's a little educational as well. So, yeah, we try to be fair with these locations, show his respect, cultural respect, and, mm-hmm. you know, respect to the, the history,
3: it acknowledge its history as well. Of course. So I was going to ask you a question. I see that you have a, a, another uh, film coming out, or it's out, actually, uh, The Unrest. So I was wondering yeah. if you could tell us a little bit about that, because I know this kind of takes away, this goes from your kind of documentary to this is more like where you hired actors and kind of were trying to tell a, a story, per se. Is that correct?
7: Uh Yes, uh The Unrest came, let's see, I was filming The Unrest about the time we, we started getting ready to go to Concho. Um, like I said, I, I'm a filmmaker before, you know, before Native American Paranormal Project. Mm-hmm. So I was really writing and directing my own stuff. And um, The Unrest was my first feature film. And uh I think it was released a little bit after Concho. Um, but it was about the same stuff, really. It was about boarding schools and about um, uh, Native American kids disappearing from schools. And um, what inspired me to write the script for The Unrest was about some articles that I read that happened up in Canada, uh, the uh, the Native Americans up there. Up in Canada, the schools aren't called boarding schools. They're called uh, residential schools. Okay. And from 1909 to 1959, over 50,000 Indian kids just disappeared. Nobody, there was never really an explanation of what happened to them. And when I read that, I was amazed that that number of kids could disappear, and nobody talks about this. Nobody knew about it. Me being Native, I didn't even really know about this. And so in 2008, uh, there were some remains that were found under one school, And that prompted an investigation, and by the end of that year, uh, there were thousands and thousands of remains discovered over 28 schools across the country of Canada, 28 mass graves. And so that pretty much backed up the stories to these residential schools. And um, also in that same year, uh, there was a $2 billion settlement by the government of Canada, and they that was given to the, to these families Uh and they issued an official apology to the families, but still they wouldn't admit that this stuff happened. Uh, they call it the, um, the native Holocaust, Canada genocide. Um, you know, everybody knows about the Holocaust, you know, but the same thing happened with natives as well, but nobody talks about that. And so that's what prompted me to, 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 uh, to uh, make a movie about it, and which came out, which, which was the unrest, and um, and uh, it 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 was it was it was just kind of uh, it, it went along with at the time too. I, I was just about to do this Contro documentary, so um, it was good timing really. I did the unrest and then our first two documentaries at boarding schools.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I how does. How- it 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 blows my mind to think that it's like how do these kind of things happen? How do people get away with this kind of thing
8: well that's i mean i mean <laughs> i mean it, it's part of american history you know i mean the u s yeah. government the u s government considered the Native American population uh They just wanted to exterminate us, genocide, just total genocide, just like just like how they wanted to to take the Great Plains away from us. They wanted to kill off all the buffalo because if you take out our food, our main food supply, then you could be able to kill a race. That's not what happened. We're still here. We're thriving. I mean, that's the reason why you guys are talking to us right now. But I mean, but I mean, history, history. I mean, I never listened to really what happened in, in the history books because, you know, m- what my what my family's taught me, you know, who who whoever wrote those books, half of it's BS and half of its lies. So I mean that's that's how I took it. But I mean, in the sense, you know, I'd like to be uh educate on educated on what 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 I'm whether it be, you know, whatever I want to do or anything. But I mean, it, as far as that, I mean, history, history was a, oh man, I mean, especially what they did to these little girls and these little boys at these boarding schools. I mean, yes, we can ask, you know, well, how come, how how come they got they got away with it? And it, and it all goes back to the Americanization Act, and I think in like eighteen eighteen sixty seven or eighteen seventy six, one of those. Uh, where Where they just decided to make us a part of their society in which we already had our own society for thousands of years sure, and I mean e- each individual has their own has their own uh perspective on how uh, their own people did, especially you know like how the slaves from Africa came and and uh I mean, it just all goes back to uh, history, and I mean, it, it, I mean, I really don't like history because I mean, it starts stirring up emotions, and then uh, right. I mean, whether it can be, it, it, whether it be bad or good, and uh, it's just, I mean, I, I really don't like talking about it, but then I also like to be educated on on how. On how my uh my ancestors thrived how their uh, organizations were ran how their warrior societies were formed and kept in line because the Kiowas, we have we have a pretty abrupt uh like a social like a social stature that you're part of and uh it's just I just really like to be educated on how my tribe thrived and you know especially with the uh, fort Steele down there in Lawton how they how they tried to go down there and uh, just pretty much kill off all the Kiowas, Comanches, Apaches. And that's the only—that's the reason why we were brought to Oklahoma. It, uh, o- Oklahoma is nothing but red dirt, no man's land. So that's why they decided to bring us here to make it seem like they were helping us. But in reality, they were just trying to kill us off. And let me ask you guys a question,
7: too. Um,
1: wow, okay.
7: Did you guys know about the the, the history of, of Native American boarding schools?
1: I did, and I wasn't going to bring it up because um, I had my, never
2: heard. I had never heard of it before.
1: Yeah,
6: I've been to boarding school. I, I went to boarding school. My sister went to boarding school. Yeah, there's some boarding schools out now. Um, Riverside yeah. Indian School.
1: Yeah.
6: yeah the
7: Sequoia Indian School. Yeah, there's there's a few people in Oklahoma, but that you know. I think that's another thing that's, um, I like about these documentaries is, um, uh, Karen, you just said you don't, you didn't know anything about it. Uh, uh, I think uh. it's able to, it's able to educate, um, you know, natives and non-natives of what happened. Cause this happened to our people. You know, we lost a lot. I mean, like I said, the one in Canada, 50,000 Indian kids just disappeared. Um, and, and, and we lost alone. Uh,
2: that's amazing. It's, it's horrifying. Yeah. It's horrifying is what it is.
7: Yeah, and it, it's one of those things that it's, it's just kind of covered up, you know. Um, it happened, but you don't see about it in the history books. And, you know, everybody knows about the Holocaust, um, what happened there. But um, it, it happened here in America, that nobody, you know, nobody talks about it. Yeah. And so, we, we, yeah, we do these paranormal documentaries, but, uh, you know, at the same time, uh, we feel like it's, uh, it's an opportunity for us to to share uh, our history as well and give a voice to you know those who have who can't speak now because of what happened to them way back then.
3: Yeah, I'd seen i I'd seen the Booth brothers had done a, a DVD. I think it's called Soul Catcher, which is basically yeah. everything about the boarding schools and the atrocities and you know and they had talked to people who had gone through them. So yeah, yeah,
7: yeah they, they went to them earlier. I didn't know if you knew who they were earlier, but they went to. Um, they went to Concho boarding school. Mm-hmm.
1: They were the ones. Yeah. That I, they mm-hmm. uh, yeah. they, I think 2008. They went to Concho. Yeah, I uh, when I, 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 like I said I wasn't going to bring it up, but my grandmother was native. Uh, she was Cherokee, and um, used to hear all kinds of stories, mostly just in passing, where you <laughs> know, my grandmother talked about the. White men coming into the home and, you know, kind of trying to stir things up and you know getting them to leave and, and because of that, my grandmother grew up you know more around um, um, uh, white white people than she did her own her own people.
7: Yeah, um, it happened. Um, yeah, it was, it not, it's not just not just one tribe; I mean, it happened with every tribe. Um, that was, you know, it's just it's a, it's a sad thing, and so. Sure. That's what you know, some of the places we went to, we went to Concho. I think, you know, these guys can tell you, it was, it was just a sad feeling there when we got there. Um, of course. It was a, a sad, just a um, uh, heavy feeling, and then, but it was kind of different when we went to Wheelock. For me, it felt more darker, and um, it seemed like maybe more of the, uh, the instructors and uh, Reverend Wright, they were there, you know, so... Yeah, it's just uh, it, it was a bad time we
4: like,
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah it was uh, it was something that my grandmother rarely spoke of, but when she hmm. did it was usually with great emotion yes
2: yeah it, you know it's it's interesting to me that that Um, the atrocities that we have perpetuated in this country. You hear about things, of course, like the Holocaust, but Mm -hmm. things are a lot quieter, like um, the Japanese internment camps or these boarding schools or things like that. They're part of the history of our country. Mm -hmm. So... Um, so I want to switch gears a little bit because I'm going to ask you a question about some something that just drives me nuts. And I've got to think. And now I'm not Native American. I don't have any any Native American in me. I'm about the whitest white person you've ever met. I'll just I'll just <laughs> tell you that right now.
1: She um, is, guys. Yeah, <laughs>
4: I
2: am. You know, we call my family. We call ourselves the Whitey Whitersons because we're just that white. Um, so, but one of the things that absolutely drives me nuts is this popular, this myth in popular culture that um, hauntings are caused by houses being on Native American burial grounds. And I've got to think that if it drives me nuts, it's you guys have some thoughts about that as well.
7: Um, well... You know, I think a lot of that um, may have came from a uh, movie comedy kind of that popped up, I think, with uh, the Guys*. Oh yeah, you know, oh, that yeah. came. Out, that really kind of uh, set that off. Um, but I mean, as far as drives us nuts, as far as if we think every house is like that, or you mean like? The, well, the, the,
2: I mean, I home. hear that you would not yeah. believe how many times. I hear that. People are, are, you know, I say to somebody, well, what do you think is going on here? Well, I think we're probably on a Native American burial ground, And it's, I mean, I know (laughs) it's it's just a ridiculous cultural myth that comes from poltergeist. But Uh. so I I just, I hear it all the time. Now, maybe it's because I live in in Western Washington and we have a very strong, um, you know, Native American culture out here. And so people believe it more strongly. I don't know. But I just, I hear it all the time, and I just always think, oh, come on, please. I mean, sure, that could be, I suppose, in some cases.
6: You. <laughs> well, um, you know, to me, being on Native American land is, you know, keeps me safer, you know, because it's it's our yeah. land, you know. It's, yeah. It, it, it's not, they don't mean it's haunted, you know, it just means that that's your ancestors' land, you know, it's right. a uh, place we can go to, you know to uh,
2: feel protected, you know. Right. And that's well, what I think. Um, yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. Well, and I tend to believe that I don't think that cemeteries tend to be places that are necessarily haunted anyway. I mean, I know that there are some, but I think, why would you, why would I want to go haunt where my body is buried? But that's just me. <laughs> So, and then I had another question that I wanted to ask you guys, um, because one of the things I do encounter now, I'm a sensitive, and so I am able to communicate with the spirits that when I investigate, when our team investigates, and we do frequently encounter native spirits, and, um, there is a, a cultural difference there, because as I believe my earlier disclaimer stated, I am the whitest white person that ever whited the planet, um, and so, so, when i my goal is to help the spirits as much as to help the living, so if I encounter native spirits, what should I do? How can I help them?
8: Uh, I guess if you encounter native spirits, I mean just you know just acknowledge that they're there because pretty much our our culture is pretty much about you know respect your ancestors, and you know if you and if and if that ghost is, is there, you know, no telling how old that that spirit could be, you know. But, uh, you know, just just talk to it how you would any regular human, you know, and then they'd probably respect you in the same sense that, oh, well, she's acknowledging me in, in respect, so they'll probably give you respect or leave you alone in the same sense.
2: Yeah, and that's that's what I do, and I, I do try to communicate with them in the same way. But, you know, from a, the Judeo-Christian, christian perspective the goal is always that if there's a spirit here people tend to believe they're trapped they can't move on to heaven whatever it is and so so sometimes in communicating with the spirits that's what it is as well why are you here why do you believe you're still here but that's not the same in the native american belief system they're not trapped if they're here right
8: no we're not trapped i mean it's it's a it's a sense of uh... I mean, just like uh, you know, people people think like whenever you die, you're reincarnated into mm-hmm. something else. Or, I mean, it's it could it could possibly be part of that. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we 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 haven't died yet, so you know, we don't know. Right. Pretty. We don't know whether they're trapped, or you know, whether they just want to stay here, whether they have unfinished business that they want to see done, or whether they just want to check up on their their dog. You know, if if they're all right. still living, you know. I mean, it's just, it's just all in how you want to believe in stuff and how you, how you just look at things and what you're ed- mainly educated on. And, and some, some uh, tribes, you know, they believe too. If you hear uh, spirits or if you
7: hear them, sometimes it's a good, it's a good omen. I mean, sometimes they believe right. that they're there to let you know that they're okay.
2: Right. Well, yeah, I know but, that we have a cultural fear of death. I would say, as a an American, um, I you know our society fears death, and um, I wouldn't say that we disrespect death, but we have a fear of it, and so I think a lot of our beliefs about ghosts and spirits are driven by that. Now, in Native American culture or in First Nation culture, um, in in the Native cultures, is it, the fear isn't quite the same, is it?
8: No, because it's always a good day to die.
2: Can you explain that
8: further? Uh, it's a it's an old old warrior saying. I mean that's I mean that's what they depicted. You know, like in the movies and stuff. It's, uh-huh. it's a good it, every any day is a good way to die because every day, you know, our warrior societies would go out and we and we fight the white man. You know, and we never knew they never knew if they were going to come back unless you know you you could really kick some butt and then come back to your tribe and then that's how you were praised as a, as a real good warrior. But I mean, that's, that's, that's one thing that, that I was raised, especially Kiowa. You know, we have, we have warrior societies that, that were pretty, pretty keen guys. I mean, they, that's the reason why Fort Washita was built uh, to save, to, uh, to protect the Chickasaws, from the Kiowas Comanches and uh and the Apaches from pretty much just beating them up and sending them back back east, and I mean it's it's just you know, that's just one thing in me because you know I always call myself a warrior boy, you know I don't care whatever whatever comes my way, I just hit it on head first.
2: you yeah. have a warrior spirit huh
4: you I believe the thing
8: I believe the same. I believe the same for that, and,
6: and the Kiyo language is on de da. I means today is a good day to die, I believe.
2: Okay. okay. I have never said that.
6: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, back then, and whenever, say, like, they didn't come back from a... Because they fought for territory, fought for hunting land, I mean, you know, against other tribes before, you know, the... Uh, before... Um, yeah, the uh, Europeans came over, and um, whenever, say your say your husband went out, and uh, he died fighting for hunting land, and you could have a certain period to mourn over him, or, or whoever died in your family, and um, when that was, when that period was over, you you'd be able to marry again. It's just um, it's just like a Native American cultural.
4: Thing,
3: mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. Um, I was wondering if I could. There's a uh, Chad has a question. chat. I'd like to kind of spin things around a little bit from the spirit world, to something else. Um, and I'm kind of curious myself. He was at. He wants to know if you guys know what are skinwalkers. Like, can you explain what that is?
8: There. Uh, well, I have a. I mean, I have some Navajo friends out there in uh, Arizona. And they've always they've always told me uh, stories that they're uh, that they're bad medicine and 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 what they are is that they are bad spirits that are looking to take uh, someone that is doing bad. They they're supposed to pretty much just take them to hell. Mm-hmm. And uh, but what's great what's crazy about it is that that they that they stink real real bad. And also that they, uh, whenever they're, whenever you see them walking on the side of the roads, they walk mm-hmm. upside down on their hands. That's what my, that's what my Navajo friends, uh, told me whenever I was working construction with them. They would tell me some, they would tell me different stories and stuff like that. Especially like, uh, out on their reservations and stuff like that. You know, they're way out in the desert and mm-hmm. they say that those old medicine men go to those on top of the mesas and they start doing, their rituals, their ceremonies, uh, either for uh, you know bad or good. But yeah, that's that's pretty much basically what a skinwalker is. Or some people, some people also say that it's also like a like a half human, half werewolf.
3: Right. Exactly. That's what right. I that's the that's what I had always understood it to be. Right.
8: Yeah. Because, yeah. Because my wife, she uh, she showed me that that skinwalker ranch on YouTube. And then you know it only shows a little bit, you know, but it depicts everything paranormal, you know, whether it be UFOs, werewolves. Uh, they even they even talked about like different demons and beings on that right. on that land and stuff like that.
3: So are you guys gonna ever? Are you guys gonna ever do like, you know, you do documentaries on spirits and stuff? Are you guys ever gonna do anything like on? Some of the, uh, like, little people, shadow beings, will o wisps, you know, that kind of uh, stuff. Are you ever going to try to tackle any of that?
6: No, because um, we were taught, you know, you don't go look for stuff like that. You know, you just, I mean, that's just the way I was
4: raised.
6: I don't know about these guys, but, you know, I mean, if you happen to see it, Mm -hmm. then you see it, you know, I mean, that's something to us, it's something we don't go looking for, like, because they're a bad omen to begin with, you know. And if you go looking for that, then, you know you're playing with fire. It's like looking
8: for trouble, huh? Yeah,
6: I was
3: gonna say just say that. <laughs> I
8: was just kidding yeah, and it's, pretty, it's pretty much you know like on the ghost hunting sense. You know, whenever you see red eyes, don't don't mess yeah. with that. Don't don't go towards that. Or yeah. if you hear something, or even if you get scratched, you know, like the uh, the sign of the Trinity. The sign of the Trinity, like whenever you get scratched by let's say, three claws, you know, that that means that something's demonic and around that you should not be there. So, I mean, with my personal experience like that, um, I've been scratched, but it was with four. So, I mean, I, I just kept investigating. And that was in a graveyard. Yeah, and I was a, I was, in, was in a room
6: and we um, was, was going to do an EDT session, but you've got a real strong sulfuric smell in the rooms, and I hear that's a sign of evil presence. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we learn.
1: <laughs> well, it's like, I, yeah, I, I oftentimes have, you know, n- people n- newer to the field come to me and they're like, oh, hey, Rick, you know, where can we find like evil spirits? And it's like, why would you want to look for anything oh, like that? I, Something, just, I uh, mean, I, it's like something that is beyond your control, something that is beyond your understanding. I mean, we're talking like something that's not even human. So it's like, I can appreciate that and really respect that. Cause I think it's foolish to go looking for those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Right. So with, with your other documentaries, um, you mentioned Fort Washita. Now I have heard, um, of Fort Washita and, what, what what kind of things are experienced there? Um, what could people expect?
7: And Jane, yeah, yep. and Jane is the
6: most popular uh, spirit ghost
4: right.
1: out
6: there. Um, that's probably what you, you've heard. the what you've heard yes. about. Yes,
1: yep, and, yes.
6: And also the Bohannon cabin. That's
1: I'm sorry. Spirit. What
6: the Bohannon cabin?
1: Okay, right. Okay.
7: In Fort Washingtaw it was um, it was established to to protect the Chickasaw the Choctaw tribes from uh from the Plains Indians. Yeah. And so um, there was um, there was that and so uh, after the Civil War uh it was deed, deed over to a Chickasaw family. So for years a Chickasaw family lived there for a while. So um, that was our tie in to uh, To that location, because you know every location we picked, there has to be some kind of Native American link to it,
4: mm-hmm.
7: and so with the washta that was it and so um and i I grew up in southeast Oklahoma, so i, I knew all about um I used to go there as a kid, so I knew about the the history of Aunt Jane, um the Bohannon cabin like John talked about, and so for me, it was kind of a homecoming to take uh, to take these guys and take them back where I came from. Um, but as far as, um, what you can expect, um, the, the stories of Aunt Jane, of course, and, um, when you talk to the, the, the tour guides and the historians out there, they, they, they will all direct you to the Bohannon cabin. That's the most, uh, uh, that's the building there has the most activity. Um, a lot of, um, a lot of attacks. A lot of females would get attacked, choked scratched. Um I'm sorry these guys had experiences out there at the cabin if they wanted to
6: share about their experience out there. Yeah, um me and the uh, um the uh team member I was team with, she's not here tonight but uh we was up there doing an E V P session and mm-hmm. um you know we did the E V P session and something touched my hair like rubbed the hand across my hair or the back of my neck by my hair, like by my right ear a little bit. And, um, so afterwards, after we're, you know, going over the footage and stuff, you can actually hear footsteps running, footsteps coming up the stairs while we're there. Sure. And I mean, we could hear it when we was there, but after we went through and, uh, looked through all of our recordings, we picked it up.
8: Yeah. And plus I I was also, we were up in the, Second story, me and my wife, uh, Marina, she's another team member, and uh, mm-hmm. I was sitting on one of the beds by the door, and we were getting ready to leave, and then it was pushed uh, pretty much almost like almost by my neck. Like, it was trying to choke me, but it, like, pushed me back down. Like, you ain't going nowhere. And then that's whenever I was, like, you know, kind of looking around and, you know, making sure that, uh, like, everything was all right and everything. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, Bohannon Cabin is, is – one of the most creepiest spots on, on that location, especially, uh, well, there were some people that say that they would hear residual, uh, residual, uh, occurrences on there. Like there was a blacksmith shop, like close to the highway. And then mm-hmm. there was some, uh, there were some people, I think, uh, the last name was parrot. Uh, they lived across, they lived across the road and then they could hear like people, working like working metal like like a hammer on top of an anvil and like, like they, they could hear people working on metal sure. and i i mean I, i'd really love to hear i would really have loved to hear that if, if we were out there but i mean we didn't get to but uh
3: <laughs> hey guys i got a question really quick as we're talking, you know, and you're telling us the stories. Um, all right, first of all, do you have, besides the three of you, is there a female or a child with you in your no. in your area right now? Okay, because we just heard uh, kids giggling coming over our headphones.
5: yeah in the background serious and and,
3: and, and, yeah and we were like texting each other going did you just hear that and he's like yeah i'm like did you just hear that i'm like yeah i'm like i'm gonna ask these guys because i want to know if there's anybody there besides the three uh, male members so okay i mentioned
4: earlier
7: this house we're we're at my house this is mark and we're in my home and uh, a lot of stuff happens here and um uh i did an evp session myself here one time and uh Captured, um, it, it sounded like it said his name was Cody. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's what I thought, I thought it was something like. And then about two weeks later, um, I was in my backyard, and I never noticed I was living here about a year and a half by then. Uh, and the, on the sidewalk, in the backyard, you know how somebody pours fresh concrete down they can write their names in?
3: Right, exactly. It,
7: it's right there, it said 1974, Cody. Oh. And so, oh. um, so, yeah, interesting
5: where
2: Cody's Cody's relatively recent if it's 1974
6: yeah
3: really well, that's interesting um, because I heard, we heard talking and then the giggling so I was just curious
6: yeah I got a story about here we was uh it was a uh, one night I think we was watching football or something you know just hanging out and uh we're out in the backyard and uh I come in to use the restroom while I'm in the restroom I overhear two people talking in here you know and uh So I come out of the restroom and go back out there and, you know, I asked them, you know, who was in here and uh, none of them came in, but I specifically heard a male and a female talking in here while, while I was in here.
3: Well, that's weird, yeah, because some of the voices were was a male and a female just a while ago. So,
2: you know, it's kind of interesting though that that that's happening because when I was sitting here at the first half of the show and had the I had my microphone on mute, there was a huge crash from the back of my house. All my dogs were with me; nobody else was home. I went back there. I I mean, it sounded like one of my bookshelves fell down. Nothing.
4: There's so nothing
1: it's
2: there? just that kind just that kind of night, guys. I
4: guess. So.
1: <laughs> Paul's quiet tonight. He's he's just I don't know what he's doing.
6: He might have been the one He might have been the one br- uh, breathing to to your microphone or something mm-hmm. earlier cuz we, we heard it. <laughs> Isn't that well funny?
2: We're hearing things on both ends. That's really unusual. We only had one other night where we had to really and that was before Rick was even a, one of the hosts on the show that was the night of Boppy. <laughs> we never did figure Boppy out. <laughs>
3: Bobby, what
2: was Bobby? Bobby? It was B O P P Y. Yeah, we were we were doing a doing the podcast, and as I was going back and editing it, because we didn't even have a live show then, and as I was going back and editing it, over the top of all of us, a voice went, "Bobby!" It was so weird. <laughs> <laughs> we never we never figured it out.
1: Uh, I think you guys <laughs> got punked. I <You>
2: think so. <laughs> hey, so so guys. Know. We have come to the part of our show that we call the shameless self-promotion corner. This is where you get to, you get to pimp whatever you want to pimp. Essentially, websites, <laughs> Facebook. So ready, promote.
7: Well, uh, if anybody want to follow follow us, uh, we, we we got a website coming pretty soon. Uh, it's very simple: NativeAmericanParanormalProject.com. Uh, it'll have our uh, mini documentaries. Uh, links to where you can buy the the DVDs. Uh, we do have a clothing line. When I say clothing line, just one shirt, but still. <laughs> <laughs> but it's um, our, our our latest uh, nap shirts. Um, everybody has liked the logo and been asking for it. So uh, it looks just like our shirts that we wear, um, except it says I support on the very top. Um, we have that. Uh, if they want to follow us on Facebook. Uh, it's simple just put in Native American Paramount Project. Uh we we post pretty much daily pictures, um uh links and stuff like that. Um <clears throat> we do have uh, uh eventually We we mentioned earlier, welock We Academy will be on sale uh so will Bristol Mansion and Fort we'll Washington. We have uh, screening coming up January eighteenth at UFO at the UFO community center at two o'clock and um our next uh, featured documentary will be at Haskell University. Um, that's the one that everybody seems like one, wants us to go to. And so, um, we're gonna, we're gonna take that advice and head out there. Um, that's really about it. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll yeah, exactly. we will, we will, have a, uh, we're, we're, we want to travel. I mean, we, we, uh, every day, daily, we get, Uh, messages and emails from people all over the country, all over the world, really, want us to come over and do an investigation, do a screening. So we want to travel. We want to get there. But, you know, funds is what's keeping us back. And so um, we're about to start a marketing campaign where we're starting to raise money so we can go to some of these places and um, share some of these stories on these reservations and some of these uh, homes and buildings and schools and stuff. So um, we'll be putting that on the Facebook side. And on the on the website as well. Um, if they want to follow my personal um, page, getworkproductions dot com. That's my uh, production company, and uh, they can follow me on there as well. Okay. Um, also, one before before I forget, uh, I want to acknowledge our other team members who couldn't make it tonight. Uh, Steve, uh, Dee Dee, Happy Happy Free Joe is a co-host. I mean, she's a host and a co-founder of, of the of the show um brian uh keith uh dara and marina and i forget about it it. yeah those guys couldn't make it tonight um but um you know they've been with me from the very beginning and uh great group of guys and um just wanted to acknowledge them and get them a part of the show as well
2: well, congratulations on what you guys are doing. It sounds like, I mean, it's it's a great project, and I wish you much success as you as you move forward.
8: Thank you very much. Thank
2: you. All right. Thank you, Thank you so much for coming on. You guys are welcome to hang up. We're just going to take care of some end of show business. You have a wonderful evening and happy holidays, guys. All
8: right. You All too. Right. All right. All right. Thank you. you, take it. Thank you.
2: All right, there you go. The Native American Paranormal Project, um, interesting project. I, I like what they are doing, and I like that they're they're you know spreading the word about about some of the history that is not well known as well. It's one of the right. things you guys that I think that's really great about um, paranormal. Is that while paranormal is of course clearly involved with you know ghosts and hauntings and things like that, there's such a huge element of history, and I think that paranormal investigators and paranormal teams are telling stories that wouldn't otherwise get po- told
1: I agree. Yeah, I I definitely agree. And and that's one thing that I've always um enjoyed about being a researcher was researching a property or a place before I go there because it's amazing the kind of details that you can find, you know, deaths, births, all all kinds of stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah, and I just there are so many stories that seem to get lost to history. They're out there if you look for them, if you go, you know, through newspaper microfishes and, you know, all of that stuff. But there are just stories that get lost to history. So then when you go to research a haunting and there's this little bit of history, I think it's really great when teams actually then share the history. Of course, within the bounds of confidentiality of their clients and things like that.
1: Right. And it's good too to hear these stories from um, you know from natives who are you know I think it's a very important work because otherwise the rest of us would be unfamiliar with uh, with these kind of stories and these in these locations.
3: Yeah, I like their angles and the the way you know with their culture and everything is so different than ours that it was kind of nice to to see that in some ways they do things or they handle things way differently and in some ways they're the same. So it was kind of interesting to find that uh, correlation. Sure
2: yeah definitely um so guys yes i don't know i just thought the it's drum. it see the i want you guys to, so, so so you so you bros were um hearing some stuff
3: yeah there was uh, a <laughs> was some weird stuff going on there i don't know i don't know what it was yeah. Well, I could
2: say, I had the big crash in the back of my house. I did. I actually in the first half of the show, I told Cheryl, "I'll be back," and I went and wandered and opened every door and looked, and nothing? there was nothing. No, and I seriously, it sounded like a bookshelf full of books just came crashing down. It was really loud.
3: Well, I heard like man, man I heard like a guy talk, like some guy whisper. Yeah. And then I heard a female whisper, and then the giggle was crazy because that was a little kid, a high pitched little kid giggle. And I'm like, what the heck is going on here? And I thought, well, maybe it was them or they had something on the background or someone in the house besides them. That's what I wanted to ask because I was like, I, 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 I heard that so clearly.
2: You know, sometimes well, stuff like that happens. I know I was, I've was, i been talking on the phone to my friend Patty before. Um, she just likes it when I say her name on the radio every time we have a show. Patty, Patty Valdez. Patty, 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 Patty Valdez. Patty, 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 Patty. Hey, Valdez. Hi, Patty
4: Valdez. Hey, hey, Patty. Patty. Anyway.
2: So, um, I know that I've been talking on the phone to my friend Patty before, for instance, and someone has started whispering across my phone to her, and it's not
1: me. <laughs> mm. Yeah. You know, when the giggle came through, I thought that, huh. you know, which is not really a stretch of the imagination, that I had said or asked a dumb question. And I'm like, oh, man, they're laughing at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was
3: pretty weird. Well, was I hope I didn't strange. offend them when I was asking that question. I had to ask about the the little people and stuff like that, because I, I, di- I, I didn't mean it in the sense of going after anything bad, you know what I mean, or, or mm-hmm. you know, bringing up any bad juju or anything. I was just you know, more on the, the idea of educating other people on but, other things that are in their culture. You know?
2: Yeah, but, I mean, but there's, there's a difference you'll see in cultural. So, and, and you see this a lot. You see a lot of people who get into the paranormal, and what they want to do is they want to go after things. I mean, that's right. what I consider ghost hunting. Right. Or the people who go out and they're going after and they're going to get and, and yeah. you know, and that type of thing. And what they're talking about is, no, why would you invite that? Why would you want to invite things like that? If you see it, if you encounter it, that's one thing. But why would you go out and, and chase that?
3: Right. yeah And I didn't mean it in the sense of them chasing it. I just meant in the sense no, no. of them, you know, making a documentary about some of the other things that are in their culture sure. that people yeah. might be interested in, not necessarily, you know, let's go chase down some red-eyed demon guy or something, you know what I mean? And that <laughs> that right. I didn't mean, because I wouldn't do that either. I'm not in, interested in getting involved in anything like that. But I was just, you know, from a informational, I guess,
1: standpoint, sure. you know
5: what
3: I mean?
2: Sure, so. I have never, well, ever, ever seen a red-eyed demon guy when I've been you, out investigating, you know? Investigating, I don't you know?
1: believe I've ever seen that either.
2: Knock well, it seems, on wood, I it seems, suppose,
3: seems, huh? Well, I've seen some of my buddies that are red-eyed, but it's usually after drinking, so I don't think... I was going to really say, true. I have yeah. seen
2: some red-eyed people before, but they're very much alive. They might be a little pickled, but they're alive.
3: Yeah, yeah. they're not scary. Well, maybe a little scary.
1: Well, you know, Ch- <laughs> Chuck, I mean, the, the, uh, when I was a little boy, I was terrified of thunderstorms. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember my grandmother found me hiding underneath the table one day and she brought me out and she told me that i didn't have to fear the thunderstorms because it was the great bird flying overhead and it was bringing renewal to the earth mm-hmm. and uh, and that's you know that got me interested in um in cryptozoology was hearing these hearing these stories from my grandmother you know every once in a while about you know thunderbirds or you know the little people the cherokee believed in the little people as well yeah, exactly. or or a being that they called the crazy bear. And the crazy bear sounds an awful lot to me like Bigfoot. So it really is part of the culture and the society.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Well, speaking of well, Bigfoot, was, I have a... Oh, go, sorry, ahead. go ahead. No, no, I was just saying, just speaking of Bigfoot really quick, just so you know, Rick, I have a Bigfoot air freshener now in my room. Nice. Oh, <laughs> uh, does it smell like... Awesome. Does, wait, I heard Bigfoot is like, supposed to be really stinky. Does it?
2: Smell uh, yeah, like I don't Bigfoot? know if it...
3: No, I don't know if it's st- <laughs> I don't know if it's sneaky. It's it's in a package. But it was just so cool. I'm like, I I'm to buy one of those. This is
1: crazy, so you know. I just thought I'd throw it in. That's okay. Bacon, Continue.
2: Bacon air freshener is probably what you should have.
1: Oh yes. Oh, bacon air freshener. I'm that's right. You know, oh my god, that's what I'm getting you for our bromance Christmas. <gasps> <gasps> you know, bacon if Blade had like air if freshhener.
2: had like a yeah. bacon scent. <laughs> come on. <laughs>
1: It's such a dude
3: thing. You just jump into your car and go, "Hey, Chuck!" And go, like, "Oh, I smell bacon."
2: <laughs> I know it would be you. You're, you would be if if you just smelled like bacon all the time. You guys would be such chick magnets. Let me tell you. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure the women would really love that. Chuck, you're so handsome. Oh, you smell like bacon.
2: Well, you know there are people who do smell like bacon.
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm probably for bad reasons though. Not for
1: <laughs> good oh, reasons. Oh
2: God, I think I went to. Just- Go with a kid who smelled like bacon all the time. I don't think he was a
1: big chick magnet, though. Come to Ew. think of it, so. Well, I know well, it's boys, better than I, smelling like bo.
3: Well, I know him. Yeah, see, I know in boys' locker rooms. I don't know about you guys. When I was a kid, you know, if you go in the boys' locker room, there's a lot of bo. Now, now this is just sound weird, but it smells like Fritos. I don't know why. <laughs> well,
2: that's how dogs. dogs <laughs> smell <like> dogs. <laughs> yeah, with Frito
3: feet. yeah, feet.
2: Frito. Yeah, dogs. Their feet smell like Fritos.
1: Yeah, isn't that weird. I don't, I don't know why that is. It's a bacteria that they pick up. I was I was just reading. It's so funny that you bring it up because I, w- I was just reading this. <laughs> I think it was at uh, a cracked.com. It was one of the you know they're like you know number of weird things, yes. but they said that Frito Feet is caused by a bacteria from walking outside, and oh. it makes her dog you know makes her paws smell like Fritos. Thank God, oh, I was look I was at that. I was that!
2: Here's why you come to Paranormal Underground Radio, folks. Right. Not only to hear Patty's name. But also to learn about very interesting and obscure things like frito feet
3: frito feet you should have like a guest on you know like a scientist that comes out. explain to us how, how frito feet comes about
2: <laughs> is it paranormal why do is all it- dogs smell like frito's
4: <laughs> yeah, really
2: <laughs> so so if they have the, if they have frito feet like you know then and bacon farts then <laughs>
5: So guess, yeah. Wait a
3: minute. Where do we go to bacon farts for Frito feet?
2: For <laughs> dogs. Because, you know, dogs always fart. My little dog, Monkey, when she farts, it smells like cigars. It's hilarious.
3: Are you kidding God. me?
2: No, I'm totally she not doesn't clear
3: the room. Oh, my God. Oh,
2: no, that she doesn't. It smells just like a very delicate little, like a little swisher or sweet or something.
3: <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm down
1: with that.
2: Yes, this is what we're. This is what we've come to on Paranormal Underground Radio.
4: Phones. Yes, we, we've oh, we've come from the car.
1: sublime to the ridiculous. In a matter of only because thirty seconds, can, by the way.
2: If anybody can t- can lower the bar like that, it's me. Let's let's be honest.
1: <laughs> and you guys are always afraid it would be me. That's right.
3: <laughs>
2: Patty wants to know if we're talking about her on air. Yes, Patty. Yes, we are. are. Hi, Patty. Yes, we are, Patty.
1: Patty
3: Valdez. Patty, Patty, Patty Patty, 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 Valdez. Patty, do you have a dog that that farts like bacon? She has two dogs. And do they have Frito feet? Yeah.
2: I bet they do have Frito feet because all dogs have Frito feet. (laughs) 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 Thank God I don't. (laughs) But, you know, actually, speaking of Frito smell. Yes. (laughs) Wasn't there some study that they did that one of the smells that can curb your appetite is the smell of Fritos?
5: Is it? What? what? Yeah, there's uh, some I, I hormone therapy
2: what? for, like, weight loss, and they were doing, like, all these different smells, <laughs> and I think Fritos was, like, the one that...
3: <laughs> can I, that would make yeah, me hungry. Yeah, really, I love Fritos. Fritos.
2: <laughs> well, maybe, maybe you feel like you've eaten them. So, what I'm saying is if you're hungry and have the urge to overeat, sniff your dog's feet, apparently... Sniff your dog's
3: feet? And yep. if you want like and if you want the feeling of breakfast,
1: sniff their butts for the bacon. <laughs> Is
3: that what you're saying?
1: So why don't pigs smell like bacon then? That's all I gotta that's, <laughs> that's Well because they say around the
2: in Well they yeah. do. They do after a fashion.
3: Who knows? Maybe they fart and it smells like chicken. You never know. Just saying. <laughs> oh,
2: that would be that would be Cheryl, quirky, I'm very, very
0: sorry.
3: Yeah. I'm sure
2: that would like to now take your turn if your if your mic's working well. And um I tell, don't know. Us, tell us what we need to know.
0: I don't yes. know how I'm going to follow up Frito Feet for one.
2: And bacon for my gosh! We yep. should just end the bacon. show
0: now and call it a night. Um, but we won't. All right, might not be a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, right, thank everyone. you to the Native <laughs> American Paranormal Project. I I really appreciate them coming on and talking about their their work in the field and their documentaries and. Like you said, how they're how they're kind of uh, y- you know featuring some things that are that are, people may not know about. So uh, that was that was great to hear about. Uh, next show, which is not going to be December twenty sixth because we're taking that week off to celebrate mm-hmm. the holidays. Um, we're going to come back to January second, uh, twenty fourteen. And we are going to be talking with a phenomenal guest, Lloyd Auerbach, parapsychologist, Yay! field investigator yes! in psychic phenomena, professional mentalist, and psychic entertainer. And a chocolate tear. Awesome. And, and a chocolate a awesome.
3: tier, the most important part. And, and, <laughs> yes. and I'll be following you guys on that day.
2: I know. Yay. That's going to be a uh, tough act to follow, Lloyd Auerbach. Well, you guys
3: are a tough act to follow anyway. So, you know, and, I'm just going to well, try to do my best. Clearly, when
2: we have such highbrow conversations, oh yeah,
3: <laughs> how, could, how could you how can you beat that i mean come on really <laughs> i don't know what what do
2: you have on tap for your first show
3: uh my first show that's okay no that's okay my first show is basically going to be um we're going to go over the um investigation we had at the antique store right here in town which actually came up with some pretty interesting evps and um kind of fell into yes. place for what people were seeing there and stuff um Yeah, so it'll be interesting to uh, go over what happened at the speaking engagement that I had there for the Halloween party and then follow up with what happened as we did the investigation and what happened afterwards, of course.
4: Okay, very good.
3: So that's what's going to happen.
2: Very good. Cheryl, did you want to mention um, anything else about the magazine or anything?
0: Um, I want to mention that our forum is going to finally be back up in case anyone's uh. interested it's it's been under maintenance for quite a few months now but it will be back up hopefully by next week
2: oh how exciting yeah. you can go talk about so,
0: us yeah go to, go to paranormalunderground.net click on forum in, in about a week and well actually people listening live can go right away and talk about the par- paranormal we like that
1: stuff fantastic yeah guys
3: yeah, and yeah, as I said, they could just write in about Frido feet and baby birds. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I'm pretty sure that that's going to be the hot trending topic.
3: I'm pretty sure.
2: We is hope... it, what is wrong with these people? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we do hope we have a, a, an exciting announcement next week, possibly the week after. But we're in a well, holdoff. it won't be
2: next week because that's Christmas. Oh, you're right.
0: We won't have a show next week. Then probably yeah. when we arrive back here on January second, we will have a very exciting announcement for our. For our listeners and That's magazine readers. That's what I was sort of
2: prompting for, so there we are
4: now. I have. Yes.
0: Know. Oh, yes. Just no thing I good thing I didn't blurt it out. <laughs> good thing you didn't. <laughs> I almost did.
3: Yeah, I'm never going to be able to follow your show now. I'm yep. dead in the water.
0: Now you're
2: history. No. Exciting right. announcement Lloyd Auerbach. I don't know. I don't know that it's going to get any better than tonight. Mm-hmm.
3: The Frito yeah. fee. The Frito mm-hmm. fee is pretty awesome. And the creepy voices in the headphones while you're trying to do a show. That's always. I cool. heard the
0: giggle. I heard that one. Did
3: you did you did you hear the giggle? I
0: did. Yeah, yeah I and almost it, did it? I almost said something, and I thought, now it's probably one of the guys, um, you know, laughing at Rick. But
3: <laughs> and, yeah, and I said same. St- I thought the same thing. Like I'm thinking <laughs> maybe. Was, yeah, yeah, I figured maybe there's somebody, you know. And then when Rick finally typed mm-hmm. it out, I was like, oh, oh my god! So, and did yeah. you hear? it Was it a high pitched like kids giggle? Yeah, it was like a little or? giggle.
4: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Cool. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. Well, awesome. very good. You can. Go back and listen to the podcast, folks, and see if you can hear it as well. There's something to do. There is what you should be doing on Christmas Day instead of spending time with your family, I'm pretty sure. All right. So with that all being said, it's come to that time of the evening where we need to wrap up our show. Thank you to the Native American Paranormal Project. Thank you to Chuck Godzke. We're looking forward to your new show coming up next week at 9 p.m. Pacific and... No, 9 p.m. Well, I don't even know. At 8 p.m. Pacific.
3: <laughs> Way to sell it, um, Karen.
2: Right after us. And that's so stick around after Paranormal Underground for another hour and listen to Chuck's show in two weeks. Um, and come and listen to us when we talk to Lloyd our back. That will be at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. Other times in the flyover states, you all have Hi. a really great holiday.
0: You too.
1: Happy holidays, everyone. Thanks, guys.
2: Night. All right. Okay. Good night.
0: If you'd like to be a guest on Paranormal Underground Radio, email editor at paranormalunderground.net. Until next time, keep exploring the unexplained at paranormalunderground.net. Please join us next week for Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazy Radio Network.